blood. The Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. I see the enemy coming in like a flood in our houses, in our churches, in our families. But what I don't see is the standard. People of God, where's the standard at? We're in a war, y'all. It's time to stand, y'all. The Lord gave the word, and great was the company of them that published it. So then faith cometh by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. Welcome to the Know Your Bible radio broadcast that reaches around the world daily with the good news about Jesus Christ our Lord. I am your host, Bishop Fred A. Carwell Sr. Now lend me your ear, and let's go inside of Know Your Bible and hear God's life-changing word. Welcome to Know Your Bible. To the gospel according to Mark. I'm sorry, Matthew. The gospel of Matthew. You need to go to the sixth chapter. And you need to key in on verse 12. Matthew chapter 6 and verse 12. Good to see you all on this morning. If you have Matthew 6 and 12, say, I have it. All right, I'm reading. And forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Forgive us. Oh, Lord, in the awesome name of Jesus, Mary, Joseph, and Peter, forgive us. For those folk that we owe and all those bills we got. Lord forgive us. Forgive us for our debts. People that we owe. Commitments. <laughs> that we have verbally made and have not kept. Forgive us for our debts. Notice what it does not say. Forgive me for my debts. It's something about bankruptcy that when a family goes into bankruptcy, even little Junior's drug into it. Everybody's into bankruptcy. In this so-called Lord's Prayer, which it is not, this is the model prayer, the Lord's prayers in John's gospel, the 17th chapter. And forgive us our debts. And as always, our father is not my father. Only Jesus can make that statement. God belongs to all of us that are his children. I want to talk to you today about the forgiveness of our debts. Not keeping on charging stuff. I can tell this is going to be exciting. Not maxing out our credit cards. Just because we got a little bit left on there. Huh? Lord forgive us. Our debts, those that we are indebted to, those that we owe money to, those that we owe commitments to, Lord forgive us. Forgive us for our debts. But notice this, because this is a catch-22, and it's sitting right here looking at each one of us. It says, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. Because there are some folk that owe us too. The Lord told me to come to you and you give me $500. Lord, I ain't tell you that. 
But you notice the contingent here. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those also who are indebted to us. So if we don't forgive indebtedness, then why would we expect God to forgive us for our indebtedness? You notice Christianity is connected to our actions toward other people. So if I don't forgive indebtedness, then I should not expect God to forgive me for my debts. Now, when we borrow something, let us not forget that we borrowed it. Uh, hello? It, it wasn't given to us. We, we, we went and begged and borrowed. And we probably made a commitment that at a certain point, I'm good for it. I'm going to give you your money back when I get paid. Well, a lot of times payday ain't came yet. It's been 50 years. Tell your neighbor, don't borrow something that you don't plan on paying back. Now, when we think about the forgiveness of debt, and when we think about us forgiving those that are indebted to us, then we got to think about Calvary. Because Calvary, the cross on which Christ died on Golgotha, is the crowning point of God's quest and his search for man. When we think about the indebtedness that all of us owed God, because sin put us into debt with God. We had a debt that we couldn't pay. He paid a debt that he didn't owe. And the blood of Jesus Christ canceled out our indebtedness with God because there is nothing available to mankind except the blood that can forgive sin. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is that flow that washed me white as snow. No other fount I know. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. We owed God an indebtedness that we couldn't pay. And God paid our debt that he didn't owe. Now, I, I just want to call upon all of us in here that's born again to at least be grateful that his precious blood has made a way out of no way and has opened up a new and dedicated and living way that allows us to come into the presence of God, sinners forgiven, and have been given by God, imparted, imputed righteousness. So Calvary, where the Lamb of God was crucified, opened up an opportunity and a doorway for every one of our sins to be remitted. Every one of our sins to be forgiven. Even the sins of our youth. There may be at least two people in here that's wondering whether or not the sin you committed when you was 14 and 15. Man, listen, the blood of Jesus... The blood of Jesus has covered all of our sins. His blood has washed away all of our sins. Somebody ought to tell the Lord thank you. What a debt we owed and had no way of canceling out that debt. But God, who is rich in mercy, has forgiven us for every one of our transgressions. Now when we talk about sins being forgiven. And we talk about the price that was paid. A few weeks ago. And I think it was last week. I was sharing with you about Jesus Christ our advocate. And as I had communicated with a judge in a distant city. Who is also one of our brothers in the Lord. And as a good attorney and a judge, I asked him, I say, well, now, 
what if saints keep on sinning? Because you see, in 1 John 2 and 1, the Bible says, if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous. Am I right about it? Now, if any man sin, he, God is talking about his people messing up. That tells me then that the blood of Jesus is still alive. <laughs> After 2,000 years, his blood is still alive and vibrant. But I asked the judge a question. I said, well, what if a saint keeps on sinning? Christ ain't going back to the cross. That's a done deal. Ain't no second Calvary. Ain't no second work of grace. You either saved by the grace of God or you need to be. Because there's no work that you can do to get it done. So it has to be by grace. Nothing else. But here's the point. So I asked the judge, what if a saint keeps sinning? He said, well, look at it like this, Bishop. If a billionaire came to town and went to the sheriff's office and put a billion dollars down with your name on it. And every time you got in trouble with the sheriff, you didn't have to worry about it. Why? Because a billion dollars has been put down on your account. Come on, come on, come on, y'all. Quit acting like it's Sunday morning. A billion dollars put down on your account. So how many times can you sin before you run out of money? I ain't got no help in here. It is impossible for you to run out of a billion dollars living in a small town. But the blood of Jesus took care of our past sins. It's taken care of our present sins. And has already taken care of every one of our future sins. Can you get a hallelujah in here? You can't sin enough until God runs out of blood. <laughs> it's not going to happen. It's been paid in full. And not only for us, but for every generation coming behind us, there is a fountain filled with blood. And is drawn from Emmanuel's veins. Sinners plunge beneath that flood, lose all their guilt and stain. One thing that I have striven to do over the years in my preaching ministry is to be relevant. To have a rhema word in due season to speak to God's people so they wouldn't have to be running all over town and going everywhere else. I'm only responsible for those that the Lord has committed to this ministry. And if there's any land yap, then people need to count themselves blessed if they get land yap out of this ministry that all of us in here are supporting. And we're not stingy. That's why we're around the world with the gospel. But as I thought about what is relevant, and especially for black people, now if that drives you up the wall, then you need to go back to your mirror this morning. Because when we have no one to care about us, we complain. And when the Lord raises up a Moses and send him down into Egypt, now all of a sudden they want to kill him. So I need to tell you that God is not in the business of trying to satisfy none of us. God is in the business where truth is. Can I get another witness at the church? So I want to be relevant. And I want you to hear what God is saying. Because black people got a lot of debt. A lot of debt. And I, I, I realize the fact that that there are some monies that probably some of y'all are waiting on that just never showed up. From this supplemental aid. 
So here we are in this country and got a lot of debt. And we just keep trying to figure out how can we ever break free? And how can we ever have something? I was, I was thinking this morning, only God can open a door that no man can shut. Only God can shut a door that no man can open. In the book of James, we are told, if any lack wisdom, let him ask of God, and he will freely give it. And will not upbraid it or won't get angry with us when we don't use wisdom. And I got a, I got a sneaky suspicion that at least two or three of you ain't operating in wisdom. Because you cannot go on charging stuff and expect to ever get debt free. Because whatever you borrow, you owe. So I want to talk to you. And prayerfully, by the grace of God, your eyes and the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened. Yes, God wants us to live. Let me tell you something. I'm moving on. This dawned on me this morning. You know, a lot of times, and it's good to put value on our property. You know, what, is, what does your house appraise for? You know, what does your property appraise for? Well, that's normally driven by the neighborhood you're in. But do you know that there are some folk in row houses or shotgun houses that don't nearly have the square footage that you have, but they go to bed happy every night because they ain't got your debt. <laughs> they don't have your debt. So if we got debt that we are carrying, we need to ask God for wisdom so that we can know how to pay this stuff off. And a lot of times when someone in the family dies, then guess what? That debt is passed on. I remember when Sammy Davis Jr. died, he was married uh, to a woman by the name of Altavis, and he had been married to a woman by the name of May Britt, which was a Jewish girl. But when Sammy died, they came after Altavis for those taxes. Man, let me tell you something. Caesar will follow your body into the grave to get that gold tooth out of your mouth. Because that's the way that the government handles its business. You owe them, they don't have no problem dragging you into court, taking your house, levering stuff against your a bank account, they'll do whatever they think that they need to do to get their money. Now, I just want you to listen with a single heart and with an open mind because there's something here for every one of you. So when we talk about debt being forgiven, and the ultimate thing is the blood of Jesus that forgave our indebtedness. That's how we got born again because God paid for it. But I was thinking about, I want you to go to Genesis, the 15th chapter. We're on the move now. I guess we can move from where we are. And I know, I know that I'm sounding redundant. I got all that. But if I'm sounding redundant, you need to listen redundantly. <laughs> Constant review is the student's glue. How much debt are we into? All right. In the book of Genesis, the 15th chapter, the 13th and 14th verses. I want you to hear this. Genesis 15, verses 13 and 14 you'll find these words. And God said unto Abram, to whom? God said unto Abram, know of a surety that thy seed shall be a sojourner in a land that is not theirs, 
and shall serve them, and they shall afflict them four hundred years. And also that nation whom they shall serve will I judge, and afterward shall they come out with great substance. Reparation. God says now, Israel will be in bondage to Egypt, to them black folk. Because the Egyptians were black people. I don't care what Hollywood says. We got the truth right here. Mizraim is Egypt. And so the Lord says, after 400 years, I'm going to bring them out. But check this out. I'm going to bring them out with great substance. This morning I was watching a program about two or three different white ministers on there. And this is, what, this is what causes me to get all caught up in a frenzy. And you're going to understand it prayerfully before this message is over. Either the blood of Jesus has made us brothers and sisters or we ain't brothers and sisters at all. And a lot of times, the reason that a lot of things were not done in Congress way back when through these white so-called Christians is because a lot of the founding fathers owned slaves. Are you listening? So the Lord says, I'm going to bring them out after 400 years and I'm going to bring them out with great substance. So you know what God told Israel to do? I want you to go to the Egyptians and I want you to get from them jewelry, clothing, and everything else that you'll need because where you're headed out of Egypt, you're headed into a wilderness and you're going to need substance. And oh yeah, by the way, the jewelry and the gold and the stuff that will be passed on to you, Israelites, at the hands of the Egyptians, you're going to use that to build my tabernacle. Uh-huh. You're going to use that wealth that I give you to serve me in my kingdom. And therein is the problem for a whole lot of people. They don't understand tithing. They don't understand loyalty to the local church. They don't understand loyalty to God's gospel. And so therefore, it's almost like we are people that have been abandoned and turned loose without any money, without any reparation whatsoever. And we're supposed to make it on our own. Look at the clothes we got on. Man, God did that. Do you realize whatever you got, God gave it to you? All he wants is some worship and some praise because of what he has done and who he is. Can that rise up in this congregation? So I'm listening to these white ministers and, and what, what bothers my spirit about all this, they always wrap themselves in the American flag. Like they're the only one who went to war for this country. You know, that, that's not true. I'm a combat decorated soldier myself. So when you talk about veterans and veteran benefits, you excluded me? Yes, you are. Because according to you, you did it all. That ain't true. So preacher, where is the problem? I'm going to point it out to you if you quit running up on me like that. I point out to you the problem. When Jesus came, when Jesus came, go to Matthew 6 and 33. You got to love the Lord and you got to love the truth and you got to quit being so touchy, touchy, feely, feely. If a man goes into a, an operating room and they got to tear his shirt open and bust his chest open to get in there and massage his heart, 
Who cares about the blood and all the rest of this stuff? Let's, can we just say the man? Well, that's what this is. This is open heart surgery. So that we can take a look at what is really going on in this country. You know there's a mammoth election coming up in November. And there's nothing to play about it. You need to get registered and you need to vote. You need to get registered and you need to vote. Now let me tell you what the problem is. The problem that the Lord and Fred A. Caldwell are having. Christianity is not translating into our neighborhood from white folk. You are on your own. You by yourself. And we are treated that way. If white ministers had stood up, slavery never would have lasted all those years. They didn't say nothing then and they still ain't got nothing to say right now. Mm -mm. You own your own. And if the Lord don't help me see, those old folk back in the church, they, they, may, not, they may have split verbs 15 different ways. But at least they was trying to get the message over. If the Lord don't help me. I can't stand the storm. If the Lord don't help me. Oh. I, huh? They, it, it may not have been, you know, all liter, literarily correct. But at least they were trying to say something. Because they knew that all of my help comes from the Lord. And that's still true today. Where are the white Christians for black causes? And I thought about Black Lives Matter. Now, black lives do matter. But then there are some folk that look like me when statements like these are made at the church, they ain't got nothing to do with the gospel. Well, I beg to differ with you. The gospel didn't come to put me in bondage. The gospel came to set me free. Well, the, the, the best thing that a black person can do is ask God to free your mind. Because that's where the shackles are. That's where the chains are. All right, now. Uh, are we to, well, are we together? You sure you with me? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna find out for this messes up. Matthew six and thirty-three. Now notice, notice this. Matthew chapter six and verse thirty-three. Jesus says, "But seek ye first the kingdom of God and His righteousness." And all these things, houses and lands and all these things shall be added unto you. Am I right about it? Now notice, look, look, look at it like this. Look at it like this. Jesus came talking about a kingdom in the middle of a Roman Empire. Am I right about it? Which meant then that, that his kingdom were, would be more powerful than all the Caesars of Rome. More powerful than any human government. And Jesus came preaching a kingdom in the middle of a Roman Empire. In the middle of it. That our lives should be guided by and guarded by that heavenly kingdom. And that ain't happening. Because white people have been given an advantage over all the races of people because of the U.S. Constitution. When you read we the people, we ain't in there. 
So where are the white Christians? Because every time they start talking, coming in an election and wrapping themselves in the flag, we ain't included in their conversation. Because if they were that holy and so connected to God's kingdom, then didn't Jesus say, by this shall all men know that you are my disciples because you have love one to another? Where's the love flowing over into the black community from white Christians? They got theirs, now they're saying you better figure out how to get yours. Well, I done figured it out. Through God. Through him. There's no other way for you and your family to acquire wealth and to have prosperity and to have something to leave to your children's children unless you learn the power of tithing. Now, I deal with the government in just a minute. And if we don't get that down and let no man stop us, but keep moving in that direction, then God's kingdom will begin to rule over all of the indebtedness that we have if we operate in wisdom and give God what is his out of what he has given us and become better stewards over it, then we can move on up in life and begin to acquire something instead of spending all that comes into our hands. Black people in this country spend over 1.3 trillion dollars every year. You know a few days ago they had a blackout. They asked people to support black businesses. And a lot of black businesses prospered here within the last a week or two because of the blackout. Well, have you ever asked yourself, why did we need a national blackout for black businesses to start prospering? Because the chains on your mind wouldn't let you do it, so you had to be told what to do. You always got to have somebody owe you to tell you what to do. And yet there are people that look like you that's struggling because you won't support them. That's not right. So now, when we talk about Jesus coming, go to, go to John 8.36. We talk about him coming. Man, he came preaching a kingdom right in the middle of the Roman Empire. And see, those of us that's born again, we also been baptized into the kingdom of God's dear son. Am I right about it? Which means then that being baptized by the Holy Spirit into the body of Christ also places us within the kingdom. So God's kingdom should be ruling in our lives because that's how we get through here. Whether you're a Republican or whether you're a Democrat does not matter. What matters in the sight of God is that you are born again and he have made us heirs and joint heirs with our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Heirs and joint heirs with Jesus. All that God owns, we own. Can't nobody keep you in the ghetto if you don't want to stay there. You got to want the finer things in life. And I'm so weary with people trying to compare intelligent black people with white people. If you're one of those brothers like me and I hope you're striving to be the best you that you can be. On this side of town, we deal with hard truth every day. We don't have the luxury of pretending. When they come to cut your lights out, they mean to, listen, all else for they'll snatch the meter off the house. We deal with hard truth every day, but yet we come to church. But yet why is it that so many are still in bondage? Because if you don't allow the eyes of your understanding to be enlightened, See, now God knew that he would give me this paint job and that those, the majority of you in here, will have this same paint job. 
Now why I got to be all that? Because I'm telling you about the man. It hadn't dawned on you yet that the freest pulpits in America are in the black community? God raised up somebody like you. Listen, I can write a book on <laughs> death. Oh, but the Lord set me in my house free years ago because I had a desire to get out of debt. I did not want to spend the rest of my life paying the man. One of the things when it came in the Bible, see, I, I use the Bible and I have no apologies for it. When it was decided in the days of David and King Saul and who was going to kill Goliath. You know one of the things that came to the forefront? Whoever kills this man Goliath, listen, his house will be free in Israel. Did you hear that? That means this man from going forward who kills Goliath won't have to pay ever again no taxes. Now some of y'all wondering, could I go and kill him? <laughs> no taxes. His house would be free in Israel. If you're not taking the Bible, applying it to your life, then what are you doing here? And have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth? Please don't make me your enemy because I'm telling you the truth. God took the fear factor away from me years ago. I ain't going back into bondage and fear the people. I have a job to do. And that is to deliver you the truth in a way that you can understand it and make application. Somebody tell the Lord thank you. You and John 8.36? All right. Now, now watch this. Because Jesus came preaching the kingdom of God in the middle of the Roman Empire. In John 8.36 you'll find these words. Lord, help us in the name of Jesus. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. That's where true freedom is. It ain't in the Constitution. It's in God's word. It's in Christ. So here I am, a Christian almost 50 years now, and looking back on this, if I just curtail messages to sound like some of my white brethren, I can't do you no good because I'm not being true to who I am. Now if you say they're being true to who they are, and that is, you know, all them nice houses down Fairfield, out on Ellaby and all that. A lot of that stuff has come from stolen royalties, stolen money, stolen everything. And, and, and the doors have been shut. The black people, you know, even rising up in the financial institution. So therefore, they control all the resources. Over 87% of the monies in this country are in the hands of white people. 87%. That means that only leaves 13%. And out of that 13%, black people don't own, they own less than 2% of the wealth that's in this country, but have made everybody rich. You know why? Because they've told you helping your own people is not what you need to be doing. You need to be over here working for me from sunup the sundown, and oh yeah, them children you left at the house, they had to raise themselves because you're going to be over here raising mine. And yet, see, it's offensive to me for one of my neighbors to put a sign, a political sign in his yard 
but yet you go to the local church and you claim to love God, then how come you can't love black folk? Hmm? You claim to love God, but you want to put that, that sign in your yard that's an oppressive sign whose man's mouth have opened up to show you who he is. But you're supposed to love God and love me, and we're supposed to be in the same kingdom, but you're not standing with me. How can we say we love God and we've never seen him? But over here on the, on the west side of town where your black brothers and sisters are struggling, you don't ever get in the pulpit and talk about that. I'm talking to a people this morning about a people that's oppressing people that look like me and that look like us. Some of these folk are deacons in their church. And until and unless God's kingdom rules over all, Abraham Lincoln didn't set us free, the Lord did that. Are you, are you up in here? The Lord did that. And when you take a look at history, Abraham Lincoln did not just free all the slaves. That down in Lafouche Parish, right here in Louisiana, and other parishes down there, he didn't touch that. He didn't complete the job. What am I saying? This is what I'm saying. It takes courage in days like these to stand up for what you know to be the truth. It takes courage. It takes something inside of you that is unusually strong in your generation so as to be able to set you apart with your own God-given convictions. Now don't get me wrong, I love the body of Christ. As a matter of fact, a few weeks ago I got a letter because of Know Your Bible right here local. This white woman had heard the broadcast for the first time and wrote in how much of a blessing it is. You got that? But I'm not seeking the approval of white folk on my ministry. I want people that love God and know the truth and sinners that need a savior to hear this word. And when you, when you hear it with an open mind, you don't let nobody put you in bondage. See, we want to rebel against ourselves. Like, for instance, in the minds of some people, they'll say, I ain't letting no man put me in bondage. I had somebody tell me that again that left this church a few years ago. I will never be in bondage to a man. Okay, so because you obey man, you in bondage? Hmm? Whatever happened to the word obedience is better than sacrifice. And have I become your enemy because I tell you the truth. I ain't letting no man, well, you ain't going to hear no gospel without no man. But you know what some people do? They use... Some of my dear sisters, they use wearing pants to the church or not wearing pants. If I wear my pants, I'm free. Are you really? If you were free, you wouldn't have a problem struggling with no skirt. See, your little challenge is against your little self, and you're trying to prove how holy you are, and, and ain't no man going to tell you what to do, so you wear your pants. No matter what the rules are at the church, you wear your pants. That ain't freedom. That's bondage. Freedom is an obedience. You say, well, I thought you were going to talk to us about That's what I'm talking to you about. It ain't done on you now. You owe me something. I owe you something. We owe one another something. And what we owe, we need to pay. What about respect? 
I don't have to turn white and start sounding white to be a good minister of Jesus Christ. I'm not going to do it. Long time ago, I discovered if there were certain subjects I didn't touch at the church, I'd be a good old boy. I preached at one of the biggest white congregations in this city. Twice. Third time they figured they ain't need me back over there. Because <laughs> when I went over there, I went preaching the love of God. See, if, if my white neighbors in, 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 in my family, we live in a majority white community. It wasn't that way when we moved there almost 40 years ago. But that's what it is now. So this is not anything other than the fact that if the people that I've been given to serve don't judge me as being a man who hates white people, because I don't. That's not the heart I have. The heart I have is that I want to hear the truth like this on the other part of town. Because people that look like me are the ones that are being oppressed in this city. So at some point, we need to start paying what we owe. I owe you this truth. That's why I'm sitting here giving it to you. Sharing it with you. So here comes Jesus in the middle of the Roman Empire. Sharing with us here this morning because the Lord is here. I say the Lord is here. Because wherever truth is, Jesus is. So in order for us to understand, the bank ain't interested in putting you in a position to acquire wealth for you and your little black family. They're not interested in that. They're interested in your deposits. They don't have a problem giving you what I call rolling stock. What's rolling stock? Oh, they, they will finance a $70,000 Escalade for you. But they ain't going to finance no $300,000 house for you. Because that's real estate. So at some point, we got to start marching by the orders of the king in the kingdom. The main thing that the Lord is after from all of his people is what he put in us. That's the love of God shared abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. And if I can't go to one of my white uh, brothers that are pastors and have this conversation with him, then what is the problem? What is the problem? You got a lot of black people that have left good black ministries that have brought them and their grandmama and their auntie and, and cousin Willie and all of them, but now it's not good enough. Oh, yeah, it's still, it's still good. If it was good back then, it's good now. The word has not changed. You have changed. So me and the Lord decided that this would be the message this morning. Free in Christ makes me free to grow and develop into the man that God has called me to be. Or you into the man or woman that God has called you to be. And the best way to do that is to deal with the truth in your own house. The truth in your own house. Because there's one common denominator and that is... Some of us are going to work tomorrow. And we ain't going to work just because we love the company. We're going to donate our check on Friday. We ain't going to do that. We need money. Am I right about it? So Israel was set free out of the bondage, out of the bondage in Egypt. They had been down there for 430 years. 30 years in Goshen. 400 years in servitude. But the Lord brought them out. The biggest problem 
that some of our white brothers and sisters have is green money in black hands. But a lot of them don't have to worry about that because we're going to take it back to the master. Don't you want to see somebody like you succeed? Don't you want to see a business with somebody that owned it that looks like you to be successful in what they're doing? We need to become more patient with one another. If you visit my restaurant and my spaghetti is too salty, now you done blast me, you done put me all on Facebook, you going through all, why are you doing all that? How come you don't come talk to me? And say, look, me, me and my family, we came to eat you spaghetti the other Friday night. It was just a little bit kind of salty, you know, for us to eat. So I just want to let you know, I ain't trying to run you. See, you have to say all this to black folk because they mind is it's bad. I'm telling you, man, some, they mind is bad. Some of them. He going to try to come out, waltz all up in my place, telling me how to cook. I, I'm not, listen, I bought that salted plate of spaghetti. I paid for that salted plate of spaghetti. I'm sharing this with you so that you can make it better. But now why I got to be all that? It's not right. We can't, and I, I don't like to use the word can't. Y'all still here with me, or did you depart a long time ago? How can we help one another without talking to one another? See, because a man don't care what you think. <laughs> Their prices are priced to make sure that you don't even think about coming over there every Friday night. They don't want you in there. Well, you know, Pastor Sripo is changing for the better. No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. But I want to leave you on a high note. The kingdom of God must rule over all that man establishes. That's where your freedom is. That's where your witness ought to be. That's where your testimony ought to come from. That I'm a man of color. And being a man of color, I make no apologies for it because I didn't make me. God did. But if I'm not true to my God and true to myself, I can't be true to you either. I'm born and raised in Shreveport. And it just grieves my heart that that monument is still down on that courthouse square after all these years. It's something wrong. If this is a Christian city, and I'm not going to say that it is because it's not, but there are Christians that live here. That can be the difference that we need here. If they were not so busy trying to please other people. I think people at the end of the day will respect you more if you stand up and be who you're supposed to be. So come on church. The church is the pillar and ground of the truth. Forgive us our debts as we forgive those that are indebted to us as well. And what we owe to this generation is the truth. What we owe to the generation coming behind this generation is the truth. And at some point, see, we need encouragement. I'm getting ready to close. We need encouragement more than any race of people that I know 
So could we please start today giving it to one another that we see? And maybe that will translate and move down to the next generation. Because if your little black boy and black daughter have to go through life apologizing for being that color, they got a long road to go. So we got to figure out how to love God, love one another, and that's what we owe to one another. We owe one another respect. We owe one another honor. We owe one another uh, time in our prayer closet to call one another's name out before God in prayer because I want every brother and sister, it does not matter what color they are, I want them to be successful in the things of God. But here's the takeaway. Jesus came preaching the kingdom in the middle of the Roman Empire. And when you got somebody on top that's spewing out hatred and somebody that's mastering in division of people and manipulating the circumstances and all of that, then it ought to be an outcry from every Christian pulpit in this country. But it's not. And it's not going to be. Because if you can give me an elected official that keep black people down, then that's the man, according to some folk, that they're going to vote for. Does not matter how ignorant he may be. Does not matter what he may say. None of that. As long as you give me a promise you're going to keep black people in their place, then we're going to vote for you. You haven't figured out yet that that's what this is all about? That's what this is all about. And people ain't giving up no power. Power has to be taken. And so come November, you need to go in that voter's booth. If you have to snatch the lever out of the panel, you need to go up in there and you need to vote. Uh-huh. You sure do. You sure do. Down through the years, I wondered, why was I never put on the airport board and, and sideport? And how come nobody ever called me and said, Bishop, we want you on this board? I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't go well with With, with certain things. I, I just don't. I, I don't. May I ask you a question? And I'm through. May I ask you a question? Yeah. Didn't anybody in here get anything out of this? Yeah. I, I got another question for you. I got another question for you. Do you love yourself? Yeah. Okay, I got, I got another one. I got another one. Do you love God with all your heart? Okay, I got, I got another one. I got another one. Do you love your brothers and your sisters in the body of Christ? Well, may I make a request? May I? When you talk to people of another ethnic group, would you please look them in the eye? Why you got to be all fidgeting in your clothes and looking all down at the ground? I've told young black men, some young black men in this congregation, stay away from the police. Just stay away from them. Because they don't mean you no good. Now, all police ain't bad, but 95% of them are. And you know, they're getting so mad across this country, they quitting because they can't kill us because somebody might film it on camera. So they'd rather quit. Because they can't kill us. That's the slave patrol. Do you understand that's where the police came from? The slave patrol. Man, we got a long way to go. And, and, and you know, I, I, I want to I wanna personally thank the Lord today for the freedom to talk to you. I, I really, I really do. Because I'm obligated to you. I owe you and I'm paying you this morning 
of just a small portion of what I owe you. And I don't want you walking around as a Christian thinking that you were defeated because of the color of your skin. That wouldn't be fair if God did us that way. That ain't what he did. Freedom is, is an inside job. But the money and the reparation that this government is withholding from us, over $67 billion is what the government owes U.S. citizens and have not paid. $67 billion. You know what the problem is? The average white person, they won't tell you this, but I'll tell you. You know what the problem is? That you're going to get enough money that you won't need them. That's the problem. But I ain't got to worry about some of y'all because you're going to take it all back the same day. Jesus paid a price for us to be free. And, and oh yeah, one last thing for the third time. Don't get too far in bed with the government. Mm -mm. We keep forgetting that it was the Roman government that put the nails in the hands of Jesus. We keep forgetting that Paul's head was cut off through governmental interference, Nero's chopping block. We keep forgetting that Peter was crucified upside down by the government. Our allegiance should be to God and we need to move on from there. I'm not advocating that we disobey laws. I'm not saying that. But do you know who you are and when you are, know who you are in Christ? Your freedom comes from the inside. Your freedom comes from the inside. And make sure that you keep that part of you healthy. Everything else will take care of itself. Keep your heart right. Keep your love right. We owe one another that. And if you're going to make an error in life, error on the part of doing too much for somebody than doing too little. Always be guilty of doing more to help somebody than what they have done to help you. And that's what's going to keep you free. Well, I know, I know you, I, I know, I know, but I, I, I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed this, and it's a whole lot more, um, because un, until God's word is put in a frame of reference, we won't be able to use it like we need to. And I'm so happy to announce that Jesus is not a white man. He's the son of man. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, let's get on our feet and give God some thanks for his word this morning. Now the question is, Come on, can't hear you, can't hear you. Will I do his will There is power, power, wonder-working power in the blood of Jesus. Power in the blood of Jesus on the cross at Calvary is God's resolution to the redemption of every lost sinner forever. Today is the day of salvation and now is the acceptable time because tomorrow is not promised. So believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in your house. For whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord Jesus shall be saved. Jesus said, come the Father says, come. The Holy Spirit says, come. And I say, come. You need to come now. Now the question is, when will Jesus return? I was the chiefest of sinners, Paul says, and so say I. I called upon Jesus over 46 years ago, and he answered me, came into my heart, and brought with him the gift of eternal life. And he'll do the same for you if you call. The 
Say these words to Jesus. Say, Jesus, I believe you are Lord. Come into my heart. I believe that God raised you from the dead. I accept you now, Lord, as my personal Lord and Savior. If you said those words, and if you mean those words, they are recorded in the 10th chapter of the book of Romans, verse 9 through 13. Welcome to the household of faith. Much, much love to you. Now the question's up. We'll Hello, this is Bishop Carwell, and this is the Know Your Bible radio broadcast. The world needs Jesus now more than ever before, and you can help us to reach the world for Jesus Christ. I ask for you to pray for what the Lord will have you to do as it relates to financial support toward Know Your Bible. And then send your gifts of love to Know Your Bible, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. That's the Know Your Bible radio broadcast, 7480 Greenwood Road, Shreveport, Louisiana, 71119. We also welcome your prayer requests and your praise reports. So until we meet again right here on Know Your Bible, you pray for me and I'll be praying for you. And guess what? We'll all be prayed for. Much, much love to you.